Good morning, Sippers. We have a very special guest with us today who is going to shed some light on what this nation is experiencing in our government locally and uh, nationally and how that affects us individually, nationally and globally. So grab a cup and a seat and get ready to sip tea. Welcome back, Sippers. This is your host, Felicia, and I have with us, um, and I'm going to probably butcher her name. It is absolutely beautiful, so what I want to do, I'm going to have her insert her name. I'm going to repeat it like I'm in kindergarten, and then we're going to continue on with her bio. So we have today with us, go ahead, girl. Sasha. Primo Shaw. Sasha. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. I have said it so many times in my head completely wrong. So we have Sasha with us. And she's a native of Oklahoma City. She obtained her bachelor's in political science and history from Oklahoma City University. She has her master's in public administration from the University of Central Oklahoma, UCO. And she currently helps run the Ralph Ellison Foundation Reading Clinic. Awesome. It's a tutoring group for students um, from the pre-K to sixth grade. She is a past president of the Urban League of Greater Oklahoma Young Professionals, as well as a member of the leadership team of the Young Urban Entrepreneurs and Professionals. She is also the co-founder of the Queens Club, a community initiative geared towards young girls, grades pre-K through eight. She is a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. I have absolutely no ties to that. That is a lie. Um, <laughs> she is also the president of the Young Democrats of Oklahoma and Native American Caucus Chair and Vice Chair of the Black Caucus of the Young Democrats of America. And she holds leadership positions in both of those organizations. She is also a former Miss Indian OCU, and she's looking forward to her career in the Bureau of Indian Affairs and eventually the Department of Justice. Her main goal is to help empower her community by obtaining positions that will give them resources towards this goal. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You said a whole lot. That is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. That is awesome. <laughs> I appreciate that. I have so many questions. My mind is just flourishing with questions. But let's start out with <laughs> how did you become interested in government? I mean, especially being a member of three mm-hmm. minority groups. You're a woman, you're Native American, and yeah. I'm assuming African American as well. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely black, too. <laughs> um, so I, yeah. So um, I first got involved in politics when I was really little. I was about probably six or seven um, when Angela, Senator Angela Munson ran uh, for the second time, I believe. Um, I think it was her reelection campaign. And um, because when she won, I was a toddler. So I had to have been six um, when she, you know, for her reelection. So my aunt, was well she still is a good friend of hers and um she had me and my cousin uh out there knocking doors and uh I mean we really didn't understand like what was going on or what we were really doing I mean other than you know like passing out you know flyers for this nice lady who takes us to McDonald's afterwards you know so um Mm -hmm. but 
that was my first <coughs> Ooh, excuse me i'm getting over a cold as well but uh that was my first uh brush with politics so um from then on um we started canvassing for uh the late rep opio Torre and then hmm. other people that um were running for office in our community uh willa johnson when she was county commissioner um well, when she was city councilwoman, then county commissioner, um, just an array of folks. So that was when I, you know, had my first, um, that was when I had my first um, encounter with politics. But, you know, as I gotten older, I started looking for other organizations like uh, Youth in Government, which that was. Um, an organization I was a part of in high school, and then there was also um, an undergrad, OIL, and then, of course, uh, Young Democrats and College Democrats when I was an undergrad. So, mm. um, yeah, so I, I've i been around politics my entire life, just about, but um, when I really started getting engaged and involved was when I was definitely um, – an undergrad, so. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like you were exposed to it, so of course, you know, um, there was that draw to it, but that's probably just what you were supposed to be doing. That's awesome to be able to uh, identify that at such a young age. What do you see as a young individual, but also as a professional, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges with educating people about the importance of participating in the government? locally and nationally? Well, um, one big problem I've encountered is the instant gratification mentality because there's some young folks who actually, not even just some, there's more than I would like to admit that feel that, you know, after you vote, like, things are supposed to change overnight. Now, I'm not saying all of us mm-hmm. are like that, but that's what I've been seeing for the most part because some people think, you know, that if something takes two or three years to get fixed or to even have, like, a have progress on a mm-hmm. certain issue, they, you know, they're like, well, like, what's the point of voting? What's the point of wasting my time or taking off work mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, using my lunch break to go vote when um, – <coughs> when this isn't going to be changed overnight and mm-hmm. it's like well mm-hmm. that's unrealistic like you don't get your degree overnight you know you don't make you don't get your paycheck overnight like i mean i don't understand why people feel like it should be something that should just happen like it takes time with anything and um i feel like that's been a barrier for me trying to explain that we have to either vote for the necessary policies or vote in people that are going to help us get to that point. And, like, this stuff just isn't going to happen instantly, and we shouldn't expect it to. And we need to give some of our elected, you know, a bit a bit of grace. Now, most of them we shouldn't do that for. Because <laughs> some of those folks have been there for a long time. I'll be mm-hmm. the first to admit, you know, that some people just need to be voted out. But, mm-hmm. you know, if they're new and, you know, they're truly trying to make a change and 
be progressive, then, you know, I feel like we should have patience and try to help them get to that goal. Like, for example, I worked for, um, well, I had worked for uh, our current councilwoman, Nikki Nice. Um, I helped on her election. And um, she has been doing a lot of great things for the east side, I feel. And I feel like she has great plans. She just needs help, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I don't go to all the city council meetings like I should. But, <laughs> you know, the the ones that she really needs us at, I do my best to be there, you know, so she'll have support for different initiatives that she's trying to do or just so, you know, the east side is heard just in case we need to make public comment. And, you know, she's just one of those politicians, I would say, that are going to do great things. They just need the help. But then there's some, you know, some of these folks are Democrats, too, and I hate to admit that. But, you know, like it's some folks just, you know, they've done what they could do, and it's time for someone new to take over in some of these positions, whether it be legislature, city council, you know, et cetera. So. Okay. Now, you said a couple of things that I wanted to go back and um, talk about. One thing I've always told young people, and I'm a lifelong educator as well, is that the no vote is a vote. And I don't yeah. think that a lot of people get that part, <laughs> that if you choose to stay at home, you are definitely increasing the the probability that maybe you're going to be stuck with something that you definitely don't want. Um, but the other yeah. thing that I wanted to interject about was, or ask you, do you believe that because of the nature of education now, a lot of it geared towards passing certain tests or assessments, uh, um, because we're definitely data-driven now in education, that mm, yeah. um, <laughs> that part of the reason people don't understand the process of the government is because teachers are not really giving the the freedom to teach and because social studies or history typically is not tested until they're much older that it takes the back burner perfect example we just were we just witnessed history with having our third president in the history of the united states being impeached and Mm -hmm. i felt like that entire day I spent trying to explain to everybody right. <laughs> that that was just the beginning of the process. I mean, they were already having him packed up his bags without they had a car, and they were right. using him to leave. And and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> There's more to that. So do you think right. that even with government, um, education is as important as knowing? how the government flows and is are we having some issues with people participating because there is a lack of true education about government policies and procedures? That's a good question. Um, so I, I too, was educating <laughs> quite a few folks up and down my timeline about um, what the next steps were. Now, I wasn't one of those people like, oh, everyone's an expert today. You know, I wasn't one of those folks mm-hmm. because while I am a student of political science, you know, I also don't like, you know, being that person that's like, oh, I know everything. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I just I like to educate people, and that's one reason why I do what I do because I think that um, those of us that are in the position to give knowledge should be able to do that, and mm-hmm. the folks that are receiving it should be able to receive it without feeling some type of scrutiny, especially when it's <laughs> black and brown people. You know, like yeah. I mean, because I love my folks, and yeah. you know, they don't. I mean, it's it's like I went to Oklahoma City Public Schools, so. I can tell you firsthand, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of uh, knowledge that was uh, not given properly. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I eat mm-hmm. civics classes, you know, and they mm-hmm. made the jokes about the coaches being the <laughs> civics and history mm-hmm. teachers. Now, some of them were good because I did have one that was really good, but I can't say it's the same for the others. So. Um, mm-hmm. But, but no, I think that uh, lack of knowledge is a huge problem. Um, and that's why I'm happy that organizations like Young Democrats exist because we start at 13. So, you know, we mm-hmm. get them right in middle school. And um, kiddos can learn about civic engagement and how the government works and just things of that nature through avenues like that if they're not getting it from school, which mm-hmm. – from what I learned, along with you, like, there's quite a few people that didn't get it from school, so, or they just weren't paying mm-hmm. attention, which, I mean, the latter is, uh, you know, like, that's a thing, because, I mean, I didn't always pay attention to school either, but, I mean, I kind of had a base knowledge of what this, of what um, government was and how government worked before, you know, I got to middle school, so, I mean, there were exceptions, but, but, yeah, um, yeah, I just think if, even for adults, like folks that are over the age of, I would say, 25, you know, like we we could have an avenue like that as well. Um, I mean, I'm not sure of, like, how I would tailor it for the folks that I would like to be, like, I would like to see in programs like that. But um, I think that with um, – you know, with, like, what you were doing, just educating folks on your timeline, like, Facebook's a great tool for that, because people will pay mm-hmm. attention to Facebook before they would, you know, C-SPAN or MSNBC or something, you know, unless you're just mm-hmm. into politics like we are, and you watch it just because, it, you know, like, oh, it's, you know, Rachel Maddow or whoever, like, other folks would be like, hey, I don't want to watch that. Because, <laughs> so, I mean, that's Do you believe about. that there's a helplessness? that people feel helpless as though um, because I've, mm-hmm. I've noticed, again, as an educator, I've noticed that mm-hmm. it's not so much that people don't want to know, um, but you have other people who are deciding what's important and what's not important. And so yeah. when I was in school, um, and I remember this extremely vividly because even as a kid, I was kind of uh, vocal about certain things. And I remember looking at my social studies book, and the only thing that they mentioned about African Americans in that book was that we were slaves. Yeah. And I remember turning the pages. I can remember that day. I was turning the pages like, now that got to be something else <laughs> mm-hmm. in the right. book. And um, I couldn't really find anything. Of course, you know, they mentioned Martin Luther King, and of course, they mentioned Rosa Parks. Mm-hmm. But the absence of the totality of co- the contributions and a realistic look of the importance of African-American history 
I think people walked away with a feeling that um, it was not uh, it was not for them, right? And so they felt like they didn't have since they had no voice, they had no power. And I also grew up during a time where everybody on TV was light skin with long hair, you know, and um, and you know, and so I was telling a, a few students recently that you guys are in a great time because you've got all these beautiful shades. Everybody is appreciating now your nappy hair, your locked hair, um, your dark skin, your light skin, everything in between, and you're in a great place. But I don't know that 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 we're going back and reaching all of those tenets. Like we're 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 appreciating who we are, but we're still there's a sect of us that is still waiting to be uh, approved by someone else to right. be told that we're okay. So like, oh well, until they tell us that we could go in and participate in government things that has nothing to do with us, they're just gonna put who they want to in there and my vote doesn't count, and they're all crooks, and they're all this, they're all that, not understanding that they don't have to be they if you would get in position. Mm-hmm. They could become we, you know. Um, right. So I appreciate that. Um, you mentioned that there were issues with both Democrats and Republicans. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that there will be a time where we're going to do away with parties as they are there um i think that in the future like probably not in our lifetime (laughs) but later i think that there will we probably won't do away with parties in particular i think that there will be more parties that will be prominent um you know like the Libertarian Party or the Green Party, like whoever, whatever the case may be. And um, I think right now what we're seeing, especially with the uh, Bernie movement and even, you know, with AOC and all of the progressives that are currently running for office or are now in Congress are starting that movement. Because while, um, I mean, Bernie's an independent, you know, but he still votes with the Democratic caucus most of the time. And then, of course, AOC is a Democrat, but um, they still hold the party to the fire, you know, and Mm -hmm. they still bring up issues that we should be, in my opinion, um, at least considering as a party, but – you know, unfortunately, like, we have uh, centrists that – I mean, there's nothing wrong with centrists. Like, we need them, too. But um, there's some of them that are of the mindset that, you know, this is how it's always been. Like, you know, don't criticize the party. And I'm like, well, sometimes we need to be criticized. I mean, you know, because I'll say, you know, as a young woman who is president of the Young Democrats of Oklahoma, like, we still have racism in the party. We still have sexism in the party. I mean, and it's not everyone. But, I mean, um, as you know, as a fellow black woman, like, we carry the Democratic Party. Like, we vote, period. Mm -hmm. You know, let me just get Mm -hmm. that out there. And the party that we tend to vote for overwhelmingly is the Democratic Party. What, there was, like, 93% of us, I believe, that -hmm. came out and voted for uh, Senator Clinton, well, Secretary Clinton, I just think that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that first and foremost should just gain respect automatically. 
I feel from everyone, but I'm seeing currently, um, shoot, earlier on Facebook, like, we're still not getting that respect, and that's one, that's one thing that I'm referring to when I say that there's issues in both parties, you know, because it would be disingenuous for me to just sit here and not talk about how the Democrats can be problematic, because they can be. But I um, stay in the party because I feel like the only way you can change any institution, any political party, is by working from the inside and voicing your concerns um, in elected positions. And I feel that that's why a lot of people of color are running for office and getting involved, because these are our communities we're talking about, like, you know, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the show, you you know, you had mentioned, um, you know, wanting to discuss politics, not only nationally, but locally, too. I mean, that's where it starts, mm-hmm. you know, starts at the local level. So, yeah. Do what do you have to say um, about those who, and I'm going to let me back up, um, when President uh, Obama, well, then not President Obama, Senator Obama was running. You had a lot of faith-based organizations taking a lot of time <laughs> to educate uh, the nation that it was the Republican Party that fought to abolish slavery. And they were so mm-hmm. uh, um, confused as to why so many African Americans um, leaned more towards the Democratic Party so what do you say about those who use that as a a, a defense of saying, well, you should be a Republican because, you know, this, we have always been for the disenfranchised? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I laugh every time I hear that because, I mean, I, I know you know the, the uh, change, but a lot of people mm-hmm. don't. And it's – I mean, that's another – example of the lack of education that civic education and historical to uh knowledge that folks have because i mean it's just a simple google search (laughs) as far as i'm concerned (laughs) like you know why did the republicans turn conservative like you can literally google that and you will see the answer um but you know i just educate them as I do with anyone, um, they uh, they um, have excuse me, like um, I just educate them on how you know the Southern strategy came to be and how the Republicans became conservative and how the Democrats became the more progressive party um, at the turn of the century. Um, last century, not the current one, but you know, and I just <laughs> I think that that would be one. I mean, just I mean, because some folks will like be receptive to the answer that you give them, but then there's some that are just gonna be like, "Well, we still freed the slaves," and it's like, "Okay, but you're not understanding the people that freed the slaves would have been Democrats now." Like, they wouldn't have been Republicans, mm-hmm. trust me. And mm-hmm. they're not like, well, they still freed the slaves, and it's like, okay. 
<laughs> you mm-hmm. know, to me, that's just like saying, um, oh, well, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a villain in history. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, Mussolini, like, bought all these shoes for kids. Well, he still <laughs> waged a genocide, you know, and I was like, well, he still bought right. all these shoes for kids. <laughs> like, right. Like, no, that's not how that works. So um, right. that would be my answer to them because, um, you know, some people just simply don't know. They still think um, some that don't really know about the Republican platform will still think that they're a progressive party. And I'm like, you know, once upon a time they were like they were abolitionists, but I mean, now mm-hmm. they're not. <laughs> I mean, they're the party of, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say it. They would have been the party of George Wallace. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is mm-hmm. what it is. Like, you know, so, um, yeah, that would be my response to them. And, you know, Okay. Again. Well, we are going. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to go ahead and take a little break now so we can pay some bills. And um, we're going to come back (laughs) with our next segment because it's important. No, we're going to come back with our next segment, which is always. He always loves through it. And so we're going to get into a little bit of Ms. Shaw's biological, her little personal story. And we can get some lessons from that. So stay tuned. Hey, sisters, we are back. And we are now, I mean, this has been amazing. Um, I can talk about black history all day long um, because it's just so fascinating that we will never be able to uncover it all. But we've heard about um, our, our guest. She, she, she's in the political arena. She, she's highly educated in um, in race issues. And that all all of that together can become a problem, and sometimes it can be and it can pose challenges. So we want to know what gets you through. What is your core? What keeps you grounded? Um. Well, uh, this probably be a cliche answer, but reading, <laughs> meditation, mm-hmm. um, <coughs> genealogy, honestly like help me get through a lot of um struggles that I've had because as someone who uh grew up in two different worlds if you will like you know on my native side and my uh African American family um it's like a lot of uh intersectionality there just from really me in my experiences so um but yeah like just reading about the good stories um from my ancestors like at least good times in their lives uh, or at least accomplishments they've made and the fact that they're still surviving like that really helps i mean that they survive and that's why we're here like that really helps to keep me going because I mean, it's not always a sad ending, right? Like, I mean, we've been through, like, our ancestors have been through a lot, but there's a lot of them that persevered and, I mean, they made it work so their descendants Mm -hmm. could have a better life and that we wouldn't have to go through what they went through. I mean, that includes my grandparents. You know, they're still living, but, you know, they, they went through a lot just so we wouldn't have to experience that. Now, that's not to say that racism still doesn't exist, but, I mean, because it does, <laughs> but, um, 
I feel that um, it's not as blatant as it used to be. I mean, it's becoming more blatant because <laughs> there's just some people that don't think fat meat's greasy. <laughs> but, you know, um, that that keeps me going. Like, just reflecting on um, what power we could have as a community, um, what we do have as a community, um, that would be something that keeps me going. Mhm, mhm. And you're right. You know, we um, we have been through so much as a people, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we have not always fought this by by ourselves. There have always been someone who came through and saw that the people that looked like them were not necessarily doing things correct. You know, and so we've never been in this fight by ourselves. Um, oh, yeah. And that there are, good, you know, I hate to say this, but <laughs> because of where the originator said, you know, where it comes from, but there are good people on both sides. Um, right. And not only are they good people, they understand that people are people and we should love them for who they are and not what they look like. And I, I, I'm, I've been mm-hmm. so blessed to have um, friends of all nationalities and all races and all cultures. And I feel like there's so much more where we have things in common than what we have that is different that if we begin to embrace those things, then we right. can start seeing some change. But the only way to do that is to acknowledge that there were some wrong things and then try to make amends on that. Well, I appreciate you so much. You have enlightened not just me, I'm sure the audience as well. And I look forward to discussing, (laughs) to having conversations with you in the future. And if you are ever doing anything, let us know so that we can let our audience know or you have any um, projects that are coming up. Oh, you actually mentioned a project, but you want to let them Mm -hmm. know what's going on? Yes. Yes. So, um, right now, and this isn't under um, Young Dems or even, like, politics or with a certain candidate, but uh, this is actually a project that I started on back in 2015, and because of different um, events that have happened in the family, whether it be, um, you know, a grandparent getting sick or um, the death of my grandfather, um, on my mom's side and just different things happening in my life. Uh, I kept, I had put it on pause. Um, but it's actually a genealogical travel blog that I have started called American Sankofa. And what I, what I've been doing is going back to where my ancestors were. Um, the furthest I've gotten back was Nebraska, um, which is where the Poncas are originally from. But before I went mm-hmm. there, I was in uh, White Eagle, Oklahoma, which is the Ponca tribal community up in north central Oklahoma, about 10 minutes south from Ponca City. Um, and then, of course, from my dad's side, you know, I went to Bowley, went to Shawnee, um, you know, just tracing myself back to where my ancestors were. I've been to Charleston, South Carolina, um, and that's actually the furthest I've gotten back on my father's uh paternal grandfather's side and Mm so um i eventually want to make it into a youtube channel or like some or like put it on some type of platform um 
because I'm doing this to encourage others to do their genealogy. And I actually have, uh, I'm moving the blog to another platform. It used to be on Tumblr, but I'm going to move it, and I'll send you the details for that. But um, I think that um, this will inspire more people, especially more young people, young black people, to do their ancestry, like to create a family tree. It, seem, it might seem hard in the beginning, but it's it's not. Like you, you know, like it, this is a chance for them to, call up their grandparents you know i mean mm-hmm. they might their grandparents probably haven't heard from them in a while i'm sure they would love to mm-hmm. talk about um you know their family history and heritage so um that's one project i'm doing um and then th- there's some others that are coming up that's one big project that okay i want to get some well make sure that you keep us um updated on what you're doing because i would love to um, put your link on the blog, which is salty.blog. Um, okay. And we want our audience to be able to follow what you're doing because I know that genealogy is just one of those, it's a hot issue right now. People want to know where they came from. And, mm-hmm. um, and so it's, it's with some respect, you know, if we don't know where we come from, we don't necessarily know where we're going. And exactly. the other thing is, you know, genealogy is um, genealogy maps are helping people immensely with um, identifying medical issues as well and mm-hmm. answering some of those questions. So it's super important. Um, so I, I definitely want our audience to be able to connect back with you. I thank you so much, and I I will not butcher your name. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Tell it to me one more time. Seisha. Seisha Primo Seisha. Sasha, we I do appreciate you. In my head, I want to say Sasha, and I don't want to do that to you. I, I know it looks Sasha. like Sasha. <laughs> either way, it's a beautiful name, Sasha. We do appreciate you. you. I have enjoyed this so much. I've been my my the little angel on my one side and saying, "Girl, get off the phone to get to bed." Another one's like, "I'm having fun though." <laughs> right. But, uh, <laughs> Yes. Thank you so this much for great. your time, and we look forward to hearing from you again. And as soon as you get that information, shoot it to me, and we can get it up on the blog and the website. And uh, absolutely, we'll talk soon. yes. Right, thank thank you. you so much for having me. I I really have fun. So no problem. Yes. Have a good one. All Bye. right. You too. Bye bye. It's time, sis. No more running. It's time to let them know. It's time to reach back and out as you reach up. It's time to share your story. Share your missteps, your mistakes, your straight up failures because sis, isn't that how you made it? Shoot me an email so we can help somebody else drink. Salty.blog. Sip tea.